0: fans and welcome to the latest episode of the jedi council podcast and vlog and i am joined as ever by my good friend and brother in the force dave say hello dave
1: hello dave
0: and not only am we joined by dave but for the very first time we are joined by our good friend and guest correspondent for the day scott say hello scott
2: hello i he's stolen my jokes. So i'm just gonna say hello
0: He does that every single episode. It's like a total running thing. So Scott, first of all, be really good to let people know about why you like Star Wars, what your kind of level of fandom is. So let's just have a few minutes talking about that.
2: Okay. My level of fandom is below Dave's, but that probably (coughs) um, sets a a fairly percentile. Um, I guess like a lot of people just watched, um, for me, Star Wars is, is, I was listening to your podcast, um, last podcast, talking about you know, the Star Wars universe and 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 how people engage. I will admit, I very much engage around um, movies only and now TV with the Mandalorian, but I don't um, read the, the novels. So it's still quite, I mean, I am a very general, quite a big film fan. So it's a film franchise for me more than anything. Although I do have lots of Star Wars stuff dotted around my house uh, and a nice print of the Millennium Falcon that if I'd bothered to put up in time, you'd be able to see it. Um, so yeah, so i said watched it growing up, I guess the first. Um obviously I was born in the eighties, so only eighty-one. So I missed the originals in the cinema, but used to watch them at home. Um and don't to be honest, why I don't know. Just just like a lot of people, I guess, just great storytelling, great characters takes you away from <laughs> Uh, this world, I guess, and they did such a good job compared to other movies of like recreating the whole world I felt so it felt like you could sort of almost picture them in the galaxy rather than just watching a movie um and then just gone from there and and lastly becoming friends with dave um probably rekindled it too much think anything about having someone to talk about it more and then I think when the more you talk about it you then get back into it more and obviously the new movies and my old office um the owner of the office block um used to have life uh, life size um r2d2s and darth mauls and stuff like that so it was really cool space to work in actually
0: brilliant i have two little following questions from that number one because it's really important for this episode of mandalorian we're just about to discuss and we are going into spoilers this time have you ever watched the clone wars the cartoon series
2: I am watching the Clone Wars now because I have Disney Plus. So I am now getting round to it. Um, So I haven't before, mainly because of anything, I didn't actually have access to them very easily because I don't have um, Sky. So I've got Disney. So I am now uh, watching them and looking forward to actually, and I know that um, there's fans in the podcast of the Clone Wars. So um, yeah, looking forward to that.
0: Good. Dave, we'll come back to that later because we'll have some questions based on this episode. The other thing is, You were with Dave when he watched The Last Jedi, right? I've I've known Dave for roughly three years, and during that time, most of it, I spent hearing Dave rant about The Last Jedi. What was it like sitting next to him in the cinema that day?
2: So if you ever go to the cinema with Dave, the thing you worry about most is, as he is obviously an older chap, is he (laughs) looks like So basically he sits there and you've never seen anyone be as still in your life for like two hours when you know he's excited and he just sits there like this. (laughs) And there is just no interaction with the rest of the world. Okay, it is him and the Star Wars screen. So yeah, whilst the film's on, his mind's obviously going, I don't like this, I like this. But there's no outward expression of that. So you sort of have to look and wait and the reaction wasn't good. No. Um so yeah, it was quite an experience. I mean the good thing, well, what I love about it is we always tended to meet up for dinner before and it was quite a nice catch-up. And then we'd get excited about it and watch the movie, and then we'd still be in the car park in the rain at 3 a.m. talking about wh- what was good or bad about it. And with that one, it was just like, I'm going home, we'll speak, we'll speak soon. And then like 30 minutes later, when he got home, he got home before me. And I told me WhatsApp on there was like 50 messages of like this was bad, and this was bad, and this was bad. <laughs> You didn't like it. <laughs> you must be a good friend
0: of Dave to have put up with that, <laughs> because I've been on the phone to him after the more recent films, and you, you can you can hear the voice go "Hmm" for some bits. <laughs> and I can imagine what that must have been like.
2: I mean, it was a diverse, a division movie, I guess. Like some people love it, and some people like it, and. um I guess, like everything, we all interact with things we're fans of in different ways. Right. And I guess that in some part, as um, someone that works in uh to work in marketing is, you know, Disney's now has got a huge audience. So it becomes almost a poison chalice to try and create the perfect Star Wars movie, because in reality, what Dave's perfect Star Wars movie is, is probably going to be different to what maybe a younger fan wants, you know, so it does become, to some degree, very, very difficult. And obviously, like, you know, the first fans have been fans of a particular type and style of Star Wars for, you know, 40-odd years. That's that's a long time to get people to bring something on, but in the, w- in the way, you know, the world has changed and, you know, it was good for some levels, like, you know, the cast being more diverse and rep- more representative of the rest of the world. It's a movie from 2019 rather than a movie from the 1970s. So, you know... But at the same time, I will say I also quite enjoy it when things are not always perfect because it's quite nice to discuss it. And ultimately, it's just... You know, I don't want to say this on a Star Wars podcast, but it's just a movie. Right. At the end of the day, it's not. No, no about- evidence that this was a historical documentary and there is a galaxy somewhere that's already happened where this all happened. Because if that would be amazing if George Lucas now just pulls it out like, here's the skeleton of Luke Skywalker. I bought back through the wormhole. And then we're like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah,
0: oh, I, I'm still hoping that happens. But talking about good and bad, you've watched the first two episodes of The Mandalorian. How
2: have you found it so far? Well, I've watched all, all of it. We actually sit here on a Friday night. My girlfriend watches it as well and and um, watch it. She really enjoys it as well, actually. Um yeah, I think these two have the last two episodes have been my favourite too. Uh-huh. And I feel like it's just it's just really starting to what I like about it is like it's slow and fast at the same time, if that makes sense. Yeah, I get it.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. But so obviously you probably heard in the last podcast. Council was a little bit divided on what we thought about it, but we did say that it would carry on from where it left off and it would go into the trailer. So Dave, first of all, you predicted who the main person in this would be
1: and you were right. Do you want to kick us off with what you thought about the initial scenes? Yes. um, Okay, so definite warning to everybody here. This is now proper spoilers. Um, So normally we just do a quick reaction and we try and shy away from giving away too much. Whereas on this this recording, we've decided because of the, the episode was so good, it is so hard to hide the main parts of it whilst trying to give a positive reaction to what we thought of it. So that, that's a quick warning to anybody. Switch off now if you don't want the season, the, the episode to be wrecked. So there you go. You've had your warning, right? So, yeah, my prediction was that they would land on the next planet the ship would be a wreck and that would obviously be part of the story going forward, which is why he would then have to rely upon a different form of transport. And, and that was exactly what we saw. Um, the The fact that there was lots of really good things that I loved about the way that they landed on that planet. Yeah. The fact that because he had to land it manually, all of a sudden you saw what we would normally expect from a re-entry of a spacecraft coming into an atmosphere, with all the glow and the fire and whatever, you don't normally see that in Star Wars. Which, which I'm assuming is because there is some mechanism about when the ships land, yeah. they they are able to to ablate the the heat in some way. There's some form of shielding that protects the ship. Obviously, none of that was there. We saw a typical spacecraft entering an atmosphere. Yeah,
0: which is only
2: other thought... time we've seen it is Revenge of the... Yeah, but the ship was broken in two. Yeah. Could, could that not just be that <clears throat> normally it's not important to the story? The story is that they land, so the landing is just easy. We, you do see
1: ships transitioning from space into atmosphere. It it does happen in a number of different different episodes or a d- number of different films, but you've never seen the fire, the heat. As um, um, Ali just said, you did see it in Revenge of the Sith when the ship um, was crashing. So, again, the ship was in pieces, it wasn't functioning like it should do, and so you had all of that, that heat and fire. And the same thing happened at the end of the Clone Wars, when again we saw in the very final episode, when we saw a wrecked um, Republic cruiser crashing through an atmosphere. So, so not it, only
0: are we spoiling the Mandalorian, we're now <laughs> spoiling the Clone Wars as well.
1: <laughs> so so I, I, I love that. I love that. That gave a little bit more realism uh to, yeah. to the show um and the humor in this was was quite good it was things like because I was sat there watching it and and you had um ground control saying um Razor Quest please s- slow your descent <laughs> and it's yeah. the case of <laughs> you can almost imagine yourself as as the Mandalorian screaming. I'm trying to slow my descent. I'm not doing this because I want to. <laughs> and I just thought that was so so. It, it was quite a clever play on humour, and yeah. and you, you, that is the one thing that good Star Wars has. It's it's not overt humour. It's subtle, but it makes you laugh and it it warms you to the characters that are involved as well. So no, the opening scenes really good for me. Really enjoyed that.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, and obviously I had a lot of questions about that and they were answered pretty conclusively. So, Scott, we land on this planet, looks a bit like Earth. What Then we find out who's on there and the aliens. And one of the things that people said about the sequel trilogy was the lack of aliens, something that you cannot claim for the Mandalorian at all. What did you think about when they landed and seeing the diversity?
2: Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I, I agree. I think um, because obviously... Um, And and Rogue One was a little bit better as well, I thought, as obviously it's. um, I guess the challenge has always been like with um, CGI versus humans versus costumes. But I I definitely feel like the the Mandalorian is is exploring the universe as perhaps we all hoped it would, with the ability to have individual storylines and sub storylines. Um, So yeah, I think it's it's always great, and um, when you've got a planet that isn't led by humans like because you know it's supposed to be a massive galaxy out there it seems to be convenient that they're only ever <laughs> only yeah. ever only ever dealing with with other humans and and um yeah and i like and i like just like all the other like the sea creatures and all the other it's not just actually about the the intelligent life i feel like we're actually seeing like life on on planets particularly he playing into the child's hunger for anything that he can um <laughs> stick inside his mouth which i also thought was going back to Dave's point about the comedy, just like with the sort of, you know, don't play with your food line was just Bob-on as a, as a parent with um, his, the food actually attacking him rather than the other, <laughs> <laughs> the other way around. Uh,
0: that, yeah, that, that was really cool. And so, Dave, we then, obviously, were on the planet, and it moves pretty quickly, the storyline, to Scott's point earlier. It was, straight, it was away, straight away, you know, in the sense of where is the Mandalorian, and he's directed there. Mm-hmm.
1: No, it was was good. I mean, the the port and the area that they land in, it had very strong overtones to what we saw on Corellia in the Solo movie, Um, down to the tones used, the color palette used, the sky, the leaden overcast sky. It was very, very cleverly done. And and as you said, it it, it had like a, a very industrial feel to it but the story despite all the background and you you had so much being thrown at you from a visual perspective but the story was really quick and really moved forward fast so i just found that really excellent one second i've just had a delivery <laughs> carry on
2: there better be a star wars delivery
1: <clears throat>
0: all right scott But well,
1: then i'm putting you in the in the main
0: seat
2: here. yeah i, mean, I also quite like that i feel what they've always managed to do quite well and to keep people's interest is <clears throat> create parallels between our own world and and life and things that we can we can associate with but then also transport us away so i feel like you know the ultimate story of good versus evil and the rebels and stuff like that there's it's very different but at the same time there's things associate with so i like like with this planet obviously the the fishermen and the mechanics and their attitude being, you know, very sort of akin to other types of movies where it's like, you know, wanting revenge and the the sort of the, the, the doc sort of street warfare. Um, I feel is is, you know, something a lot of people can relate to from other movie franchises as well. So I kind of feel like there's a lot of different dynamics here in in this storyline. And it's nice that actually as well that. Other people are interacting to other levels, so it's not just one person looking. You know, it's not the Mandalorian looking for his his, his kin and that's it, and everyone else is kind of like neutral. It's they're bringing more character and antagonists in. They've all got their own agenda, so it's becoming much more about. know, feel more real, right? Like it's not just about the empire or not the empire. Everyone's facing their own battles and wants to get ahead or wants to get a payday by stealing the child. They're not really interested in the overall big picture. They're really interested in their own picture. Um, So I I like those interactions as well. I think they're really good.
0: It's really cool. So because we are limited on time today, I'm just going to pick out a few key bits here on a sea vessel makes sense now. I said it was too real world in advance. I retract that. I like it. But they were trying to kill him. First of all, why do you think this is? And and then sort of further to that, how did you feel with the setup that we saw there?
1: <laughs> Dave, come on. <laughs> um, well, they, they were after his best girl that was the comment that was made by the the crew when they threw him, or when he when he dived into the um, into the tank in the ship to go rescue the child. They deliberately thrown the child in there so that he would jump in to try and rescue it, or they assumed he would jump in to try and rescue it, and they were correct. And then they commented whilst he was in the water that they'll just collect the armor afterwards. So. It, it was definitely they were after his Beskar armor. They, I, I don't think they even knew about the child. That that wasn't their objective.
2: Anything mm. to that, Scott? No, I probably agree. I feel like if it was anything more than that, I think they'd have to reference it. I feel like um, the child was just collateral of of getting. You know, it, it's obviously apparent that the mandalorians are notorious throughout the galaxy and people know the value in the armor so that in itself becomes a prize to people i said i don't think he was a, an individual target or singled out or planned i feel it was opportunist and i think that reflects again going back to sort of the um the reaction of the brother on the on the docks of getting revenge it was just like these are people that've got a hard life hard day fishing he could have had a payday and it went wrong and <clears throat> I feel like the you know, the child was just collateral in that.
0: Yeah, and let's talk about who saved
1: him. Dave, you were I, right. I, I cheered. I cheered. I have... <laughs> to go back to Scott's comment about the fact that I, I do tend, and I know I do, I do tend to just sit there and absorb <laughs> what I'm watching. <laughs> but when we saw bo and specifically her helmet, which made it apparent who she was, I did cheer at the TV. I, I, it was, I'm a massive fan of Katie Sackoff. just from, from everything that she's been in, from the likes of Pitch Black uh, with Vin Diesel, um, Battlestar Galactica was where she really became an, a, a known, but she's been in a number of other, and she seems to really enjoy science fiction. She, she is so heavily into science fiction, and the amount of shows and films that she, she features in is just phenomenal. I am a big cake sucker fan. I, I cannot get around that.
0: And just on her, the fact that she tweeted it out last night or she gave a hint towards did. it, I
1: thought she it was kind of cool. Yes, yes, she was looking forward to Friday, yeah. and and that was that was just brilliant. And and it was great because she played Bo-Katan in the Clone in in Rebels. Sorry. Um, so because
0: I want to go to Scott on that point just yeah. quickly. Scott, I'm assuming you have no idea who this character is at all.
2: So I am aware, obviously, like I think like I follow, you know, I don't just watch the movies. Obviously, Um, what people won't know is I'm obviously involved with you guys in the background, like sharing some information and other stuff like that. So I'm aware of these characters, obviously, without um, have yet to watch um, Rebels and Clone Wars. So I guess what I haven't got is the excitement of seeing a character you've already loved to be brought into The Mandalorian but i'm aware of the names and who they are so i guess what i do like is how they've pulled the other stories together obviously with what what's left of canon shall we say because they've obviously had a you know a difficult job with how big the universe is and how they want to control it but i think it's really clever that they're they're bringing bringing already liked and loved characters in and how they're doing it. And like, obviously now seeing Dave's reaction, like I feel like you've got to say they've done it well because otherwise you'd be like, mm, no, you, you know, no, like you, can, well. you can do it well, or you can do this, it can work really well, or it can work against you if you do it badly.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. But I just, so I just wondered if you, if you had known a little bit less, do you think that would have affected your enjoyment of it? Because obviously it it was quite an insider Thing. because to your point I do think a lot of people watched the films and maybe now the Mandalorian now as opposed to being the obsessive Star Wars people like the Jedi Council are so how, how did you think that play out did you think just as, a, as an experience that it kind of just went naturally and you didn't need to know who they were
2: yeah so I, I well, you yeah, know as soon as they other the names you're like okay yeah fine okay this is they're tying it in cleverly I said I didn't get the big wow moment I guess like everything the Mandalorian has to work on its own and I think what it has done compared to perhaps rebels and clone wars is is now appealing to a TV audience as so perhaps for many people the first non film star wars program they've watched which will then probably lead them to to actually then go and watch the rebels and watch watch clone wars um I think obviously being on on Disney plus Uh, And obviously Disney plus being so heavily marketed and obviously being in lockdown. So you've got captive audiences really played into the Mandalorian's favor as well. But genuinely is a stunning piece of TV. So, no, I didn't quite have the same reaction of Dave. Like I was thinking, okay, they're cleverly bringing other characters in. What it did then get me thinking is, okay, who else am I aware of in the universe that's perhaps going to be brought in down the line? Right. Yeah. But I think if you don't know the characters, I think it just it works you're going to lose some of it absolutely but then you know um i think it works well enough and smoothly enough that if you don't have the knowledge of the characters existingly it doesn't mean it's not a good episode you're not going to get that wow moment but i also think people are going to watch this again and i said it will perhaps inspire people to watch the other shows and then come back and go ah okay yeah now i see this or i understand this easter egg or this was a telltale sign and I missed it four episodes ago. So I think it's actually quite cleverly done, to be fair, from, from actually just a, making a t- how they're making the TV show and building it. Okay, and then Dave, obviously they, talk, they
0: start to talk about their different versions of being a Mandalorian pretty much immediately by the fact that Bo-Katan takes her helmet off. You know, anyone yes. who's just watched the Mandalorians, sorry, the Mandalorian will not be aware, perhaps, that in the Clone Wars, and we've discussed before, they don't really ever wear their helmets. So yeah. they started talking about how this was a particular sect of of the Mandalorian yeah. faith, I suppose they used the word creed, but it was kind of yeah. seemed a bit different to that. Yeah. yeah. What did you what yeah. would yeah. you that, about?
1: That, that was that, really nice that. Uh, and it was uh, almost uh, like they were implying that he was part of almost like an extremist version of what yeah. the Mandalorians mean. Because her immediate re- reaction was because he. Well, his reaction was, why, why are you wearing Mandalorian armor? Because you're not Mandalorian. Her immediate response was, this is three generations, a family have worn this armor. I am more Mandalore than you will ever be, young man. And I just thought, I thought that was a fantastic response from her. That was setting firmly in place that maybe he doesn't actually understand what it means to be Mandalorian. Yeah. And, and everything potentially that he's been told is twisted. So I was
0: watching this on a Disney watch party with Alex, who unfortunately can't join us today. He immediately texted me the word "death watch."
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Are we, are we going down that line with this? Yeah. Yeah. That—that's the extremist creed. I think he is, but he's yes. not
2: even aware of what that means. Maybe. And I realize, Scott, you are not aware of what that means at all. <laughs> no, but what I can say is, I think it all ties in on the basis that he's obviously been searching for his own kind, and it's obviously very much about his individual journey. So he has a one dimensional view of what it is to be a Mandalorian. I thought it then ties in quite well because obviously we've seen other people wear the armor where straight away he knew they weren't his creed. Yeah. So then obviously it was a nice parallel that this time they were his creed, but was, you know, still in his eyes wearing the armor on um from a comic do you think that i didn't see i was like you could totally see his face with that that comeback like you could see his shock when she took the helmet off even though you can't you can't um you can't see his face at all you at the same time totally could see his expression of like what are you doing yeah um so yeah i think it i think it again it's just adding another dimension in terms of this is, you know, it's not The Mandalorians. This The programme is The Mandalorian, right? It's about, it's been about him and his journey and his obsession of, like, to find other Mandalorians like him, right? But in reality, he's going to find Mandalorians that are perhaps not quite like him.
0: Yeah, I agree. And so we also, Dave, found two new Mandalorians. One of them, not Sabine Wren. Sasha Banks, the rest of those long mentality has been Sabine Wren very famous in clone wars as well
1: scott and she wasn't there doesn't mean she won't be later on in the season no Um, i i I think it's got to be about 10 12 months ago i shared an early sneak peek it was almost like a a class list for season two and sasha banks was on that list so is katie sackoff um so was, uh, um, was it Ros- Rosario Dawson? Um, so they were all named on that on that list. And at the time, I remember getting a little bit of grief. Alex isn't here to defend himself, but I remember Alex giving me a bit of grief about that list and and saying no, 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 no. I think I think it's wishful thinking. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm hopeful because at the very end of this episode, again, another massive spoiler for people. Bo Katan gave, gave Mandalorian instructions as to where he would be able to find more information about the space wizards that he just knows as jedi um and and there was a direct reference you need to seek out ahsoka ahsoka can be found on this planet so go there if you want more information and if you tie back to the rebels tv show the at the very end of the rebels tv show there was a a final almost like cutscene moment showing after the um death of the second death star the destruction of death it was a vehicle the destruction of the second death star there was a cutscene that showed ahsoka coming to sabine wren and the pair of them going on a quest of their own to, to search out for ezra timing wise that's possibly concurrent with what we're seeing in the mandalorian tv show because yeah. it wasn't really defined exactly when the time was. It was just positioned as after the, the, the Battle of Endor. So if that's the case, Sabine is with Ahsoka.
0: Possibly, yes. But I also thought it was a good time to the last series of the Clone Wars that we saw. Because obviously both Atana and Ahsoka had a very close relationship in, in that. So time-wise, I thought it was really good. Let's move on, because we're going to have, as I said, a, a podcast to go through some debt. We encounter Imperials actual Imperials on a ship yep. with a chain of command very similar to what we are used to in Star Wars. They still can't shoot blasters, obviously. That goes without saying. But um, what,
2: what did you think of that? It was what? even referenced, wasn't it, that the Stormtroopers couldn't <laughs> <that> <laughs> had a, hit the side of a Bantha, wasn't it? So, like, um, I kind of liked that they got that in. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously... As I said, this is why I feel like it's moving fast and slow at the same time. I really like the... I've enjoyed some of the episodes that have even been sort of like maybe less action-packed and sort of, I said, you can sort of sense things are uh, bubbling. And I feel like we're going to see some different paced episodes later on in this series. Mm-hmm. Um, but the big picture and you know the progressing the storyline is is developing quite fast with the additional characters coming in and now like like you said actual stormtroopers and the old like um you know being prepared to kill yourself for the empire is really really strong back with you know obviously all the original all the original films yeah. um so it's going to be interesting to see exactly where all of this leads them to
0: yeah i thought the i can't remember the who the is who played the captain of the ship but he's obviously been in lots of different things in the past, I think Lost and, and other things that I've watched. And I, I just thought he was excellent as, as the captain, but also um, the way that, to, to what you just said, about where he was prepared to end his life and others to protect the Empire, pretty uh, graphic, I thought. Dave?
1: Well, he shot his own men in the back.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, Titus, Titus Welliver, isn't it? Well, That's, it. That's exactly yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's quite dark, isn't it? To then, you know, to you know that, and also, why would he have to? Is he obviously thinking they're not going to follow the order? Well, yeah,
1: I, so, I think that was his view because the mm-hmm. parents were looking at each other as if to say,
2: "Okay, they're discussing what they need to do. What do they need to do?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and of course, he killed himself at the end, right? So that he wasn't yeah. um wasn't taken, which again is like a is a you know goes beyond. Yeah, that's a pretty extreme view of stuff, right? Like, you know, in any war, you've got people fighting for the side, but how many people actually believe in the cause? right? how far would you go? What, how dark would you go to do something for your cause? Reference to course in, uh, Rogue One, uh, with Cassian going like, "You won't believe the things I've done," right? So, like, suggesting he really believed in it and he'd do it, but like the stormtroopers knowingly, kind of like, well, they're just sort of you know cloned or programmed to miss. Maybe that's why they miss people. Maybe they don't like the idea of killing people, so they miss them on purpose. But just look <laughs> like they're Look like they're doing stuff and make sure that their blaster count's okay when they go back to the ship. Good job, School Trooper Dave. Well done. You fired the blaster 286 times. <laughs> uh, it's all fitting together now, right? <laughs> Just a little
0: word on Moff Gideon, Dave. Um, yes. Seeing him return quite early on in the series, but I like that.
1: Yes, and again, there was, there was a heavy reference in the movie itself because uh, Bo-Katani's searching for the Darksaber so she is searching for it we know who has it um that ship um was part of um Mo- moff gideon's personal fiefdom his his part of the galaxy his part of the empire so she is pursuing him to get back her property
0: yeah really really interesting and so they as a team Obviously, quite a lot of death. They sort of accomplish what they want to do, and then what? What do you think about sort of what happens next in terms of for the Mandalorian? What, what do you see him doing, going on now?
1: I think the next episode could well be another filler. Right. I, I think the next episode because he's got a ship that is still a little bit clunky. It's still not quite. <laughs> As, uh, a little
2: bit clunky, I think. Held yeah. <laughs> together by rope and nets. <laughs> he you paid a thousand credits for? Come on, like. Yeah. I think the next case is going to be a lawsuit, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's money, but- <laughs> they've got so many little strands all over
0: the place now. Oh. Some Bubba Fett's out there somewhere. That's got to come back. He's got to find a soaker. He's now got this relationship with other Mandalorians. He's questioning who he is as a Mandalorian. It feels to me like there's a huge setup, and obviously we've only got five episodes, and we don't know how long they are to resolve it. But I want to give a, a shout out as well. I thought the director Bryce Dallas Howard. I thought she did an incredible job. I mean, the last first series, she obviously directed the kind of slower-paced filler episode,
2: but this one, wow! What do you think about that? Yeah, yeah, Scott.
0: Let's
2: go, Scott first. Oh no! I mean, I thought, I said to me, I think that the, the the first two of this of this the last two episodes have been probably the best. I thought it was it was brilliantly directed and shot i think like from start to finish you know you're struggling to like even for a fussy star wars fans to like find plot holes in it the world was great we haven't even talked about the star of the show that little crane thing which was amazing and like that lego set that's got to come out and it's going to be a best sell like it was awesome so like the worlds looked great like and, and i appreciate obviously that's not all down to her but i thought um um you know considering i don't know how much directing she's done i know like I said she's done other episodes but she she's still not like that sort of an experienced director i think it's a very very polished yeah. episode
1: yeah i agree dave my only criticism is that it was too short ah. and that was probably because there was no there was no fat on the bone yeah this this was a, a complete story that progressed quickly but had enough in it to create those little bits of side stories such as when um the mandalorian dropped off um the the child with frog lady and frogman mr frog and mrs frog um i thought that was fantastic and he he even made a callback to say behave yourself and and be respectful and and he left it with and you know what i mean
0: (laughs) yeah
2: I'm trying to leave stuff to talk about in the main podcast, though, Jace. <laughs> so my too- my, my <laughs> only slight gripe, which is always my only slight gripe in everything, and it was the same in Rogue One, is when you have someone. So, like, you meet the, the Mandalorians and it's like, mm, not, I'm not comfortable with this. And then five seconds later, is best buds with them. Yeah. And, like, that was the same um, with Jin in Rogue One. It's like, this isn't my fight. Five seconds later, she's leading the uh <laughs> yes, leading be, the rebels and doing the most iconic quotes of the movie and i was like come on it's like once one scene of people thinking about this and progressing rather than just someone pressing a light to say like no you're now you're now 100 on board um i actually like the fact the different lengths by the way i know this has sort of come up before and like i feel like this could have been a bit longer but then the issue then starts to be well you know don't add footage that you don't need how many times have you come out of a cinema and people go yeah it's a good movie but it could have been 20 minutes shorter right like i feel it's better to get people feel like i wish that was longer i feel that's a better outcome but i like the fact and this is the joy of a streaming service rather than a schedule they don't need to have a set time they can do a two-hour final episode if they want to it's like the, the, the 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 episodes are as long as the story needs them to be yeah. It should mean that the the story is sharp and progressive. And, you know, if it's a filler, um, you know, you talk about the filler episodes. There really shouldn't be any filler episodes. I, 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 I like the change of pace. And I know it sounds silly, but I feel it makes the action and the, the big steps forward more impressive when you've got a, a, a slower smouldering one. But I feel overall, when you look back at this, they should all serve a purpose, whether that's, you know, we've got to develop characters in all of this because ultimately when you're telling a story, if you don't care about the character, however good the story is, you don't care about it. And Star Wars always had that. You love the characters. Everyone had a favorite, right? Whether you were, you know, you wanted the the rebels to win or, you know, the people that wanted the dark side to win, the characters characters were amazing and had been developed, that they were all strong and they all had backstories. And I feel like the slower paced episodes allow us to step away from the battles and the shooting and exploring of all the different worlds, which is amazing, to learn more about the characters and how they all interact. Because without that, what he does is irrelevant. You know, if you don't care about him, if you don't care about the child, if you don't care about the quest, it doesn't matter what the outcome is, right?
0: 100% agree. I'm fine. Right. We're going to try and keep this short today. So, Dan, we've been teasing out on social media for a little while yeah. that something was coming. Do you want to go into it a little bit right now? Yes,
1: so we have been given a number of copies of this um, from a certain point of view, The Empire Strikes Back. It's the second volume of um, from a certain point of view. The first one was released. That was about New Hope. This one is about The Empire Strikes Back. We have got two additional copies. So they've given us copies for us to review, which Ali, Alex and myself will be reviewing, but they also gave us couple of extra ones for us to give away so we want to m- make it so that anyone can enter but obviously anyone who listens to our podcast or watches this, the, the video so what we need you to do is quite simple you need to send us an email the email address is may the force be with you it's the initials though so it's it is m t f b w y may the force be with you at the hyphen jedi hyphen council.com That's the only time you're going to hear this that email address and we'll say it again on other podcasts and we'll say it again on other recordings but you'll only hear it from here so you have to know how to get it you need to email us and the title of your email has to be empire okay so we're going to give you two questions. You need to answer. I need to write
2: questions. this down. Hang on. You, you do need to get
0: writing, stuff.
2: Scott. Yeah. I'm going to tweet is... this later, by the way, just to get some followers. Yeah. Well, the, the, the good thing about this is that you can
1: always pause it and re-listen so that you, you can listen to, to what the instructions are. So two questions, both of them related to Empire. The first one, according to 3PO, what are the odds of successfully navigating an asteroid field? So that's the first one. The second one, because I think the first one, everyone will probably be able to find that one. The second one is a little, little bit more difficult. So when the Millennium Falcon escaped or or tried to escape from the Empire and was navigating the asteroid field, they flew into what they thought was a crater. Turned out it was a creature. What is that creature? So, So I will say it's not the Minox that we found inside the creature it's the creature itself so that's the second question so we need you to send an email to may the force be with you as initials at the hyphen jedi council.com the title needs to be empire and you need to answer those two questions what are the odds of navigating successfully navigating an asteroid field and what is the name of the creature that the millennium falcon flew into when escaping from the empire so you get one entry for every piece of social every channel of social media that you follow us on so if you follow us on twitter we will enter you twice if you've successfully answered the questions if you follow uh, once sorry if you follow us on twitter if you follow us on twitter and facebook we'll enter you twice if you follow us on twitter facebook and instagram we'll enter you three times so you will have one two or three entries and we will give each person that sends us an email um, numbers to correspond to how many entries they get we will then do a draw in two weeks time so today is the 13th of the 11th 2020 we will um, draw this on the 27th of the 11th 2020
0: for our American viewers, twenty seventh of November, because obviously they do it the way round,
1: Dave. <laughs> they do indeed.
2: They do, <laughs> they do. I, We what, haven't I, even I, referenced it's Friday the thirteenth on twenty twenty. What what can go wrong, right? Yeah. I have a few follow up questions, Dave. Uh, one, if like me you're a huge Han Solo fan, can you reply with "Never tell me the odds"? Is that acceptable, or do you need an actual monetary? You know, you need a number. I need I, the number. That if the I believed audience. in odds, what would that odd be? Well, okay. well, if, you need three P.O.'s definition. But I didn't listen because I'm Han Solo and I don't want to know the odds. Just blank it out. Secondly, if we follow you in real life, can we get a fourth entry? Because <clears laughs> I know where you all live. So no? Dave doesn't <clears> throat> get throat> more followers. No more I don't want more Good prize, that could um I won't be entering okay. because so I don't Scott, feel it's fair because I'm I'm in the I'm in the extended family. <clears throat> Scott,
0: in all sequence, we're gonna wrap up now. And so we do something called The Final Thought. What is your final thought about the episode? But also, can you let us know where people who are watching or listening
2: to us can find you on social media to find your thoughts on them? Can I drag my final thought out as long as Alex always drags his out? For Absolutely it. not. You've got about two minutes. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, final thought is, um, I'm, I just think the episodes are getting better and better. Really excited about um, the next one where it's going. As someone that hasn't watched Clone Wars yet, um, I perhaps have less idea of of where some of these other characters and their stories will go, but I feel that that's giving me an interest. Perhaps got a feeling of hope or anticipation of where it might go. So I think they both work. I um, said so I just think they've been beautifully shot, and it's perhaps feeling as as much it has more, as much Star Wars feel as perhaps anything ever has. I, I feel and. I think it was a big task when they moved into a TV show that, you know, a live action TV show of how they was going to translate. And it's been brilliant. And secondly, I just love the crane. I just want to see more of the crane. If we can have a spin off of the crane, the adventures of the water crane. I mean, amazing. And I just can't wait for the Lego set. And then Dave can buy it because I don't want to start collecting Lego. But um... And you can follow me on social media at uh, all the same. It's Scott S E O T T Haddon H A D D E N. M-C-I-M. Uh, I am tagged in Jedi Council post quite often. So um, it's a picture of me with an elephant because in my day job, I sell travel.
0: So give Scarf um, a logo of Jedi Council fans and he will be giving you nuggets and Star Wars all the time. Isn't that right?
2: And, and bringing some of this, hopefully, bringing some of the Star Wars universe that was filmed here. Um, hopefully bringing some of the world to, Star Wars world to life at some point. Yeah. No know, that's my kind of thought. More, more of the crane.
1: <laughs> Dave, final thought. I love the episode. Um, Katie Sackhoff is an absolute
2: goddess. Um, Your wife doesn't watch this podcast, does she? She doesn't does?
0: know. <laughs> it does seem
1: like a bit of a dirty old man with this, doesn't he? If, if you don't mind, she is not that much younger than me. <laughs> She's just the age, much better. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair. To be fair, she has aged much better. I do. I might not that I'm saying that I stalk her, but I do follow her on the likes of Instagram and what have you. And she's incredibly healthy. Um, she, I use the term she's incredibly fit, but what I mean is when you look at how much work she puts into getting ready for the parts that she plays, she, she really does. She puts her heart and soul into into getting to the look that she needs for the part that she's playing, um, and as well as being just a damn good actress as well. So. Yes, welcome, welcome return of Bokatan and Katie Zucker.
0: Brilliant. My final thought is thank you very much to Scott, first of all, for joining us today. Really appreciate your time. Um, yeah, I really didn't like the last episode, but I love that one. So um, we're going to go more into it on our next podcast, which we should be recording on Sunday, hopefully hitting you on Monday at some point. And um, yeah, with that, may the force be with you. The force will be with you.